This is Winning Cures Everything. Here's your host, Gary Seegers. TGIF, it is Friday. Thank goodness. Welcome into the show. We do this every day. This is Winning Cures Everything. It's 10 to 15 minutes of your time. Nothing crazy. If you would go on and share out the show, comment in. I don't even have that open yet, but I will open it now. There we go. Um, yeah, so this is Winning Cures Everything. I am your host, Gary Seegers. You can follow me on Twitter at GaryWCE. You can follow the show at Winning Cures. You can follow the show on Facebook, facebook.com slash Winning Cures Everything. Let's jump into what today's show is. It's March 29th, Colgate rented Ohio State's pep band for the NCAA tournament. That may not sound like a big deal, but it is kind of funny and kind of ridiculous at the same time, so we're going to jump into that. Vince McMahon, he's got some more money for the XFL. We're going to talk about what happened there. And Sweet 16 Thursday night recap and a preview and some picks for Friday night's games. The show, as always, presented by, brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi the South's premier sports gambling destination. They've got six incredible sports books down there in Tunica, Mississippi. You can check out all of them, along with more information on those and things that you can do while you're down there at tunicatravel.com. They are opening up a new uh, sports book, I believe this summer. It's called Moneyline Sportsbook, Sports Bar, whatever, and they're going to have a Top Golf uh, virtual swing suite. You can go check out more information on that. We're going to have uh, stuff at winningcureseverything.com on that. I believe a story next week about that. But that will be at the Gold Strike Casino, I believe. Uh, but we'll I'll, I'll have more information on that. It's, it sounds like a big deal. But tunicatravel.com is the place to go for that. Major League Baseball season, we're rocking and rolling. Today is day two. Yesterday was opening day. Look, I know you're going to need some help with your picks. Easiest thing to do, this $500 package that they've got over at trendybets.com, you use the promo code MLB150. They're going to give it to you for 150 bucks. All five of their proven systems, they are all proven profitable. Go to TrendyBets.com to check it out. If you need help with the rest of the NCAA tournament, there's only 11 games left. Jump in that bad boy. MM50, you can get the rest of the picks for 50 bucks. So far, they've had 32 plays in this tournament. They're 20-12 and 12 for a regular $100 better. They are up $680. So, MM50 is the promo code for March Madness. MLB150 is the promo code for MLB uh, full season. So, go check it out. TrendyBets.com is the place to go for that. Let's jump into today's stuff. Oh, by the way, subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe to Apple Podcasts. Help us out. Share the show out. Comment in. We love to hear from you guys. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. We appreciate the support on it. Let's do this. Colgate rented Ohio State's pep band for the NCAA tournament. They have a 20-man pep band at Colgate. They did not even know that this happened. They were never offered a chance to go. They didn't know that they could go, etc. Ohio State's band was actually told that Colgate did not have a band. Now, it might have just been miscommunication, but... This is where miscommunication leads to problems, right? Colgate's cheerleaders got to go, like the actual cheerleaders from the school. 
They got to go to the NCAA tournament. They ended up losing to Tennessee 77-70. to But it's still exciting for a smaller school to be able to go to the NCAA tournament. It's a big deal. Uh, Colgate, you know, traveling from there to Columbus, Ohio, it's not exactly an easy trip. But uh, here's the deal. The band director, uh, they stated inconsistent attendance for the band is attributable to poor weather conditions that pose damage to instruments and that they had not been told attendance concerns uh, were a problem. The cheerleaders got to go because of, quote, their commitment to Raider basketball, which was demonstrated through participation in every home game. So the band didn't get to play at every home game because sometimes there was inclement weather, and the band didn't get to go. Now, there's something else about how uh, they, they want you to have like a 29-member band Colgate's only got 20 members. Even still, the motive was not financial. They rented a band. They paid Ohio State's pep band, who was already there for their game between uh, uh, Iowa State and Ohio State. They paid Ohio State's pep band to knock this out, right? I take that back. Uh, Ohio State, I don't even know that they sent their pep band to, now I'm curious. I did not think this through, I'll be honest. Because they were in Columbus, but Ohio State was playing in Kansas City or Tulsa or something like that. So why would they... Okay, I know what they did. Ohio State's pep band went to the the regional site with Ohio State. Ohio State's regular band, like their marching band, they had members that were paid to come into Columbus, Ohio's arena... And play for Colgate. Okay, that makes perfect sense now. Um, so the motive was not financial. The NCAA provides funding for bands, cheer teams, and mascots to attend tournament games. Colgate opted, instead of bringing their own band, to hire a local band. They even requested a local high school band before they paid Ohio State's band. Now, this leads me to this question. Does Colgate's band suck that much? Like, was the AD going to be embarrassed of having those 20 guys on camera? Why else would you do this? There's got to be some mitigating factor here. There's got to be something that caused Colgate's athletic director to not invite the pep band, right? Especially if the NCAA is going to pay for it. Like, they want the uh, the atmosphere. They want the pep band playing for TV, for the in-game uh, experience, for the arena atmosphere. Like, that's that's what they want, which is why they pay for it. They want the cheer teams. They want the pep band. Colgate chose not to bring their pep band anyway, and they didn't even talk to the band director about it. This is a crazy story. You can go read more about it over at deadspin.com. Uh, I'm not a huge proponent of Deadspin, but this was a, a fascinating story to me. It It shouldn't matter. But I found myself extremely riveted by it. So uh, so go check out Deadspin. Figure out what in the world happened with Colgate not bringing their own band and hiring Ohio State's band for their NCAA tournament appearance. Next up, Vince McMahon. He sells $272 million in WWE stock in order to invest more in the XFL. Remember, he already sold $100 million. So this puts them at $372 million. It, think about this. That is already $100 million more than what the XFL 
has committed to them from Tom Dundon. I have to believe that Tom Dundon, it, all the stuff that was going on with the AAF over the last couple of days, where they might fold, they might close up shop. So we got Big D jumping in on YouTube. He said, what's up? What's up, Big D? How you doing? Here's the deal. He had to know this was coming. Because at this rate, with the money that they've got, with the television contracts that it appears they're going to have done with ESPN and Fox, the AAF will have no market value. So the word is right now, they're going. the AAF is going to play this weekend. But after this weekend, there's still two regular season games. And then on top of that, they've got the playoffs. And then the AAF championship game, which was supposed to be in Las Vegas, has now been moved to Frisco, Texas. And I, I cannot begin to tell you how, how crazy that is. There's nothing more that these players would like to do in the middle of April than go to, to Frisco, Texas, Right? How you've got it set up in Vegas, and then in the middle of the season have to announce that it's coming back to Frisco? Give me a break. That's where they host the uh, the Division II National Championship of College Football. Uh, Frisco is where they host the Conference USA Basketball Tournament. That's the level that the AAF is on right now. Conference USA Basketball and Division II National Championship Games. That's That's crazy to me. So... Vince McMahon, he sold $272 million worth of shares, worth of stock. He's putting it all into the XFL. That puts him at $372 million. Uh, Tom Dundon, I believe, put in $270 million. He hasn't put in that much yet. He's put in about seventy right now. But he's looking at cutting his losses because if they don't get this NFL PA deal done, the XFL has got everything set up for them. Uh, here's I wanted to give you an idea of the numbers here. Vince McMahon sold 3,204,427 shares at $84.87 each. And he still owns 80.1% of the company's total voting power and 36.8% of the total outstanding shares of common stock. That is insane. That guy is printing money right now. The WWE, they've still got deals coming up in India, in the United Kingdom. Their stock is going to absolutely soar. He has got all the money that he needs to be able to run the XFL. I can understand where Dundon is coming from. If they can't work out an agreement to where the NFL PA sends players down to the AAF as a developmental league, that league is going to get absolutely obliterated by the XFL. The XFL will be able to pay... Whatever they want to pay, they're going to be able to entice and do things the way that they want to do them, and it's going to change things up for the AAF. The AAF, while it was a great deal to have it on CBS Sports Network, the opening game on CBS, uh, on the NFL Network, you know, it's streaming on, on different sites and whatnot, the Bleacher Report stream or whatever it is, TBS, TNT, whatever. That is nothing compared to ESPN and FS1. ESPN and other major media outlets will not even put the AAF scores on their apps. That's how crazy it is. The XFL will be known as a a much bigger commodity. It's in bigger cities. Uh, I'm curious to see what's going to happen. I don't know that people in these big cities are going to care, but that is it, it was crazy to me.
crazy to think about. They've, they've already got $372 million, and they don't have to worry about investors or not being able to pay uh, their payroll or anything like that. The XFL is already light years ahead of the AAF. The AAF started this too soon. Maybe they should have worked together with the XFL. I think Vince McMahon probably could have used somebody like Bill Polian and the rest of the bunch over there because the AAF seems like a much more professional franchise, but they don't have the money to compete with the XFL, especially if they're going for the same time slot, the same window in the spring right after the Super Bowl. Is what it is. Let's talk about the Sweet 16. Last night, Florida State got toyed with by Gonzaga. They they played well, but it was obvious from the get-go that Gonzaga's team is completely different this year than they were last year. This is a legitimate threat to win a national championship. Now, saying that, the other game that was in Anaheim, Texas Tech put the clamps on Michigan. They gave up 16 points in the first half. They didn't allow a three-pointer until the very end of the game. They ended up winning by 19 points. They were up by 25 multiple times. Texas Tech looks absolutely uh, legitimate. That's one of my bets last night was Tech plus two. I, I went ahead and sprinkled some on the money line as well because Tech, over the last however many games, 13 games, 12 games, whatever, was number one in the country in offensive efficiency along with being the number one defensive efficiency team in the country. That's out of 353 teams. Chris Beard is doing a ridiculous job. He's made he's gone to two straight Elite Eights. Two straight. Gary Parrish posted something earlier. Let me see if I can open that. But it, it discussed Chris Beard's one season at, uh, at Arkansas Little Rock before he got hired at Texas Tech. And... I got to tell you, the the Ken Palm numbers were crazy. Absolutely crazy. Um, Let's see. Here we go. Chris Beard's one year at Arkansas Little Rock is another example of him being amazing. Little Rock's Ken Palm rankings before, with, and after Chris Beard. 2013, they were number 220. 14, they were 219. 2015, they were 235. Chris Beard gets hired for one season. They are 56th at Ken Palm. They win an NCAA tournament game over a really good Purdue team. 2017, they're back to 245. 2018, 296. 2019, 225. That is absurd. He has Texas Tech rolling like they have never rolled before, even under Bobby Knight. They weren't even close to this. So, yeah, props to uh, to Chris Beard for that. He is he is something else. Uh, along with those, you had the Louisville, Kentucky. Regional last night, Purdue beats Tennessee 99 to 94. Everybody wants to talk about the fact that it wasn't a foul on that last three point attempt for Purdue, where they got to go to the line, shoot three, they made two, sent it to overtime. I had Tennessee minus two. I'm not so concerned about the foul call. It looked like a foul to me. Like if you run into the guy, that's a foul. I understand Carson Edwards for the entire night was kicking his legs out after he shot. But he's done that all season. That's just part of his shooting motion. What I was concerned with is they never even saw that his foot was on the on the sideline. He was standing out of bounds when he took the shot. So either way, that's going to be a red flag for that committee of referees. right? That team of referees 
is going to catch all kinds of hell because they missed a lot of stuff in that game. But cheers to them for actually having the balls to to call the foul at the end of the game. There's a lot of games where they just, if you looked in the SEC tournament with the Auburn and Florida game, when the Florida kid is trying to, to get a shot up and they don't call anything, he's got three Auburn guys draped on him and they don't call anything. It just blew my mind. Uh, so Purdue beats Tennessee in overtime, 99-94. Uh, that's a, it makes for kind of a disappointing season for Tennessee. Like they, they started out super hot, but you saw that there were some chinks in the armor as the season went along, right? It started losing games. Uh, they looked terrible in the SEC championship game. So even though this Tennessee squad gets to number one in the country for about a month there, it was when they weren't playing anybody. They got blown out at Kentucky. They got blown out by Auburn in the SEC championship game. They don't get an SEC regular season title. They don't get an SEC championship. They don't get an Elite Eight. They got a Sweet 16, which is fine, but they'd only had a few, I think one Elite Eight in history. So, I mean, it, it is what it is. Or maybe it's two. I don't know. Either way, they haven't had a lot of them, and they've never had a Final Four. They thought this year was the year, but this team kind of started to fall apart towards the end of the season. It's one of the biggest things. Make sure you, uh, your, your team, your boys, don't peak too early. And I think Tennessee maybe peaked eh, around mid-February, early February, is what it is. Uh, Oregon and Virginia, that was an ugly, ugly ball game. I cannot believe I sat up and watched two teams that barely broke 100 points combined. Um, but, I mean, this is what Virginia does, right? And so either, either Matt Painter or Tony Bennett is going to make the Final Four for the first time. That's a feel-good story. If Purdue can hit shots, they can keep Virginia off balance. Uh, Virginia has not been able to shoot this whole tournament. I don't know what is going on there. Kyle Guy looks like he has no idea what's going on. He uh, he has tightened up big time. Not excited about that. All right, let's talk about today's games. LSU, Michigan State, that's the first one, 609 on CBS uh, Michigan State is a six-point favorite or six-and-a-half-point favorite. Yep, six-and-a-half. Uh, I pushed the line to seven. I took LSU plus seven. Here's one stat that, that everybody wants to talk about, or er, nobody wants to talk about, because I don't know that people realize it. Yeah, LSU's without Will Wade. I get that. But Michigan State, yes, they've played really, really tough stuff, but, I mean, they're missing some major league talent. LSU's got more talent than they do. LSU has not lost a game by more than six points since November 25th. That's LSU 28-6 and six, has not lost a game by more than six points since November 25th against Oklahoma State. And that was in a tournament in Orlando, whatever, when they were still trying to get everything figured out. I like LSU plus seven here. I bought half a point. I like them a lot. Tonight, I think that the talent advantage will keep it close. I think that Michigan State wins. But would it surprise me if LSU wins this game? Absolutely not. I have seen Tom Izzo choke in the NCAA tournament more times than I can count. Yes, he is still a fantastic coach. What he does in the regular season, how he puts together his teams, is fantastic. But LSU, with all their talent, I, I think that they can keep this game really close. And they haven't lost by more than six since November. I mean, you got December, January, February, and March. We're, we're four months in here. Like, come on. LSU plus seven is the play for me. 
Next up, 6.29 p.m. on TBS, Auburn and North Carolina. It has jumped up to North Carolina minus six. I bought it back to North Carolina minus five. The reason being, Auburn will not be able to stop North Carolina inside. North Carolina has the the major size advantage here. North Carolina likes to play at the same tempo that Auburn does. North Carolina can make shots just like Auburn can. And I don't believe that Auburn is going to stay as hot as they were when they played Kansas last week. Yes, I understand that they've been doing this for you know a month or so or whatever, but North Carolina is a different beast than anybody that Auburn has played in quite a while. Uh, there is no home court advantage here. There is no speed advantage, anything like that. Kansas was missing three of their best players. North Carolina, they ain't missing anybody. They got guys coming on right now that, I mean, they are rolling with. I'm going to take North Carolina minus five tonight. That is my play for that one. Next up, 8.39 p.m. on CBS. Virginia Tech and Duke. Sharps love Virginia Tech. Everybody loves Virginia Tech. Duke got their close call. You know, everybody wants to know, did UCF give people the blueprint to be able to beat Duke? Virginia Tech already beat Duke once this year in Blacksburg, you know, without Zion, but also without Justin Robinson, da-da-da. I'm rolling Duke minus seven. I I got Duke winning this game easily. I think they come out and hammer Virginia Tech. I think the Virginia Tech players know that Buzz Williams uh, Buzz Williams is leaving for Texas A&M. Uh, there's been reports today that that's going to be announced soon, maybe as soon as the ball game's over. Uh, I think they know what's up. I think it plays with their head. I think Duke is insanely more talented than they are. Uh, I like Duke in this spot. Now, I can see Duke absolutely getting caught in the next round, whether it be by LSU or or Michigan State. But I like them tonight against Virginia Tech. I think they already understand how to play ACC teams. This is not a position that you want to be in if you're Virginia Tech. Yes, you want to be in the Sweet 16. You also maybe wish that you had gotten paired up against somebody like Gonzaga or whoever else, right? You maybe wish you weren't the four seed. You maybe wish you were the six seed. So, uh, next up, 8.59 p.m. Central Time on TBS, the Houston Cougars and the Kentucky Wildcats. Now, all the stuff came out about P.J. Washington. I, I got to tell you, I was initially a little scared of this. I took Houston plus three the other day when we did our Sweet 16 preview on Tuesday night, Chris and myself. And I thought, okay, Houston has been really, really good. Kentucky, maybe not as good without P.J. Washington, et cetera. Well, then it comes out P.J. Washington is practicing with the team, et cetera, et cetera. But then you talk to everybody, and it's like, hey, he didn't really practice with the team. Calipari doesn't know if he's even going to play in the game. Uh, he, He said it would not surprise him if he does not play at all. I don't know what to read on this. I'm taking Houston plus three here. Uh, this line has gone up and down, back and forth. It's about 50-50 split here uh, as far as tickets and money goes. I, I like Houston here. I think they are going to be fired up for this game. Uh, Kentucky, I feel like something's a little off. They didn't look right against Wofford. They didn't look right, in the. In, and I understand they absolutely blew out uh, whoever they played in the first game. But something's been weird. I don't really like Kentucky. 
I'm going to roll Houston tonight. Now, and I've got Kentucky in my Final Four in, in one of my brackets, or in my bracket, whatever, the, the husband versus wives bracket. I've got Kentucky in the Final Four. So I'm hoping that I'm wrong. But where I'm putting my money this evening is Houston plus three on this one. So we'll see what happens. I uh, I believe I'm going to take the uh, the camera stuff home. I'm I'm probably going to do another live show before the Elite Eight games tomorrow. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens with that. But uh, but yeah, this has been fun. We look at that getting phone calls like crazy already. Uh, I appreciate you guys and all your help. Uh, we will see you again next week. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us.